Welcome back to the Hoop Forum. We are pondering on this Sunday morning after a night of Saturday action, after a night of Friday action, after a night of Thursday action, after a night a of week of action. action, a whole week coming up of action. And it's kind of been impressive how relevant and exciting the in-season tournament really is turning things in the early season because we see that some teams still aren't getting trapped like the Jazz even though they won I think they won last night maybe not against the Trailblazers I'm not sure but like you're seeing teams that still have the Pistons that have no traction but here we are teams like the Pacers are playing out of their minds they're still losing to the Heat, though, so that's a bit of a question mark. The Lakers and the Rockets, the Kings and the Nuggets, we're just seeing all these experiments, the, the Warriors and Clippers. We're seeing all these teams go up against each other, and it has a kind of boost to it, even though each team is kind of still dealing with the early season things going on. So it's made things like a little bit more worthy of being paid attention to. I don't know. I'm just I'm impressed by how... like. The nights that I don't watch, I feel like I'm actually missing something. Like, I'm like, shit, I probably should have paid attention. <laughs> I would say that for me overall, I, I would have to disagree. I, like, I just think that it's mostly been the typical start to an NBA season, in my opinion. But it has the edge there. I feel like with the in-season tournament, overall, it's been a success. I think the quarterfinals and that is going to get even better the semifinals and we'll get into those matchups but ultimately i think the tuesdays and friday nights were just tuesdays and friday nights for the most part i mean there was nights of this group stage where just blowouts multiple blowouts on those nights and that's pretty typical of an nba season especially the start of the season you've still seen plenty of stars sitting to start this year that hasn't changed um i don't know it just, it ultimately felt basically the same, except the fact that they had the courts and the uniforms and stuff like that. Okay, Which, yeah, that kind of stuff. I think they need to tone back. I think that's the part where they really missed the mark is, is going a little bit too overboard with the aesthetic. And then obviously the quality control of that whole situation was poor as well, considering guys were actually complaining about the literal quality and, and scared. And then not to mention uh, that, guy in Cleveland who got hurt. Oh, yeah. Uh, because of how the court was set up. Did yeah, you see but Cleveland's, that? Cleveland's floor is usually elevated, though. So I think that's just a problem uh, okay. with the arena in general. Not so much like the in-season tournament thing. But no, I, I see what you mean. Because yes, there's been excitement, but it still is just the beginning of the season. Yes. But I mean, like I heard on the Lakers broadcast the other night, we're a qu- almost a quarter of the way through. Here's where I think they're going to make their money on this thing. The quarterfinals, the semifinals, and ultimately the final game. I think this is where it's going to heat up because they got some really good matchups. I mean, we're just going to transition into that here. The, the matchups that are set for that. Might as well since we're on it. Uh, so how this ended up shaking out, um, the quarterfinals in the West, we get the Lakers versus the Suns. Phenomenal matchup. The Suns sneak through on the wild card, which... We'll touch base on that because I learned some things about that that I wasn't really completely aware of that maybe our fans don't really know too. So I want to kind of explain that also. Uh, so we get Lakers Suns and we also get Kings Pelicans there. And then we hop over to the East. It's the Bucks and the Knicks. Knicks sneak through on the wild card. And it's Pacers Celtics, which I'm personally thinking is going to be the best matchup out of all of these. So... Oh, so this matchup is tomorrow. We get Celtics at Pacers. Who do you think gets the win here? Because honestly, I think it's Celtics, but it's going to be a fun game. I think it'll be... I think the Pacers can try to win this one. It'll just be how good can Tyrese Halliburton be against Drew Holiday when he's Drew Holiday's point of focus. Mm-hmm. You know, like, is Tyrese going to be able to have a 28-17 and 17 game? Like... I don't know. With eight threes. <laughs> yes, exactly. On it, like historic efficiency. Like, yeah, it's. I don't know. I think that's that's the reason why I'm still kind of bought in on the whole structures because it leads up to games like this that actually can do something. 
where it looks, it's, it's not the real thing, but it's the preview. It's a preview of right. what a team is trying to do because I still have questions about the Pacers. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I brought up in the intro, like the Heat games that they've been playing against, like they've, they lost both, right? Uh, no, they ended up winning yesterday. Okay. Well, it's just like they still right? can run into it's tough teams that can sh- shut them down a little bit. Maybe. It doesn't seem like it's even possible for them to score less than 120 points in a game. At this point, yeah, they put up 144 last night on the Heat my for the win. God, um, yeah. So my thing with this with, with this game is Boston is undoubtedly the best team in the league right now. I don't think that's a hot take. Um, they're the deepest team in the league. They have the best starting five in the league. Drew Holiday is seamless. KP, albeit hurt right now, is seamless. And the Pacers, though, I mean, they're that they're the team that this type of situation fits perfectly for because it's a one-off elimination game and they're a team that can go get 140 points. Like it's nobody's business. So in this type of setting where it's just one off, you got to go get, it's not a, you know, seven game. uh, (laughs) It's not a seven game series. There's, there's not strategy really. It's more or less just let's go kill these guys right now and put them out. That opens the door for the Pacers to steal this and, and kind of run that underdog March Madness story. And my God, you know, the NBA wants it. Uh, I don't think they're going to get it, though. I think the Celtics want to get paid off of this. From what I've been hearing, if anything, a lot of it has come out where these guys are like, look, half a mil is half a mil. Like, mm-hmm. we're not turning our nose up at it. I yeah, mean, exactly. how, often do, you, so how often do you see rich people turn down more money, you know? Like I mean, especially guys for a guy paid. that's like making even three and a half million dollars a year, that's still like what, fifteen percent of your salary? Right. Yeah. Much less than that. Like, but like still it's a good portion of it. But it's yeah, it, it puts meaning into things. But I I don't know. Because if the Celtics win, I think the Bucks are gonna end up winning against the Knicks. I think the Bucs will end up swinging that one just with Giannis and Dame mm-hmm. alone. They'll start running more mm-hmm. pick and rolls, which just pisses Zach Lowe off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fact that they don't run the pick and roll every single play to Zach Lowe, he's just like, why? I'm like, it's true. Yeah, it really it's like, is what, true. 10 a game? Yeah. Isn't it like 10 a game? Very low. Very low. Yeah. And in weird like quarters too, like the first and the third quarters only. It's like, mm-hmm. but I think you're setting yourself up for a good later season preview if you can see Bucks and Celtics in the final round before the final game. You know, like... Mm-hmm. I see with, with the Knicks-Bucks matchup, I'm with you. I think the Bucks grab the win. Uh, the Knicks have been so up and down. Julius Randle has been so up and down that it's like, this is not the team that I really imagine having it together. You know what I mean? Just to, just to oh, win yeah. this one game. Cause they're just so hit or miss right now that ultimately I, I feel like Milwaukee's going to handle this. Milwaukee has been definitely playing better, but their strength of schedule has been pretty, pretty light. Uh, they've had wins on what the bulls, uh, Hornets, Hornets wizards. Yeah. Hornets wizards. They, I think they've had two wins on the bulls in this. Um, so ultimately I just, I feel like Milwaukee, it's probably going to run this game. It actually might get ugly, if you ask me. Um, but Jalen Brunson has that energy, though. Jalen Brunson is not adverse to the one-off elimination game, March Madness atmosphere. So it's like there is that Dibu element. He's and Hart with him, too. Exactly. Those Hello? are his boys from that type of battle. So we'll see. We'll see. That's going to be a fun matchup, though. Uh, the Knicks are the wild card there. Um, so they snuck in. Hop over to the West, Adam. Kings, Pelicans. The Kings are playing pretty good right now. They had a big win on the Nuggets last night. So they're coming in with some definitely some BDE here <laughs> after they win the defeat the reigning champions. Um, Pelicans, pretty rough. I think they're the ninth seed the last time I checked. Let me see here. Um, Zion, you obviously made those comments a few weeks back. I'm trying to buy in. No one's really sure what that even means. Um, these guys are struggling to stay healthy. Yeah, they're the eighth seed right now, 11 <sighs> and 10. I think the Kings handle this pretty easily. 
unless Zion just has a wild game. But as of right now, all of his stats have tanked. So, well, the thing is, right now is there was another funny Pelicans comment that floated out there, and I mean, you know, Trey Murphy finally back, ready to shoot. Mm-hmm. He says that him and Jordan Hawkins are the best shooting duo in the NBA. And there's only really one other duo that you could argue that's above them. And that's it. I was like, whoa. First off, yeah, probably. But I'm just like, yeah. wait a minute. And I don't know. I think once they have Trey back and playing well, they have this Hawkins guy. If he's really a shooter, we'll see. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you have guys like Isaiah Joe who are fantastic three-point shooters. But I mean, you're not going to say that they're Primary, like premier role players. Like he could still be a fantastic shooter, though. I don't know. I'm just like the Pelicans. I'm trying to figure out who I saw last night they were giving minutes to. And it just Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller is on their team. I saw him playing wow. for them last night. I was just like, is this real life? They are working him into a team with Jonas Valanciunas. Zion, him and Zion were on the floor together at the same time. Wow. I was just Pretty like, wild. this is insane. And like, it was only including those two. And then the only time they would pass out is for one of those shooters. So I'm like, mm-hmm. this is crazy. But I mean, they have Larry Nance just re-aggravated a rib yep. injury. CJ's out indefinitely. Trey Murphy's still listed as day-to-day. He pr- he's probably on a minutes restrict- restriction right now because he tore his minutes. He didn't play day. in Saturday's game. Against Chicago. Rest purposes, so, yeah. He's not he's maybe out that tonight. They rested him so he can come out tomorrow. That's probably what they did. He'll probably play. Uh CJ though, I definitely out. Um, yeah, and not having Nance in the lineup. Here's the thing Zion Zion could blow up. Zion could blow up and grab, you know, 30, 35, and that might help elevate them. But the Kings are just overall such a well-put-together team right now. These guys know their roles. They know their place. I'm not saying they're, like, absolutely killing it in the Western Conference compared to how they started last year. Um, But they're in a pretty good position right now. Let's see where they are. I mean, is is it too hard to say that Fox and Monk are probably the best scoring guard duo in the NBA? One of them. They're up there. At least top three. It's not that hard at all. And and not only that, I mean, it, it's diverse too. It's like they mm-hmm. can score on all ends of, or on all points of the floor on that on that side. Like it's it's a three way, it's a three, three way scores. Yeah, um, Malik Dunk has absolute hops, man. This guy's got hops. This guy has a float game. This guy can finish at the rim. He's man got from three Benville, ball, Arkansas. Malik Monk is, is great. Um, I think at one point he would probably be on our list that we're going to lay down later, but I think anymore he's more than a role player. So, um, but nonetheless, maybe not, maybe not. He might, might be considered role. Uh, anyway, he's new Kings. Yeah. Right. New Lou Williams. I think the Kings move on here too. Um, Yeah. I think the Kings will snuff this one. Yeah. Lakers, Lakers and Suns. Suns. That is just going to go. be like, you know what I'm ready for in this game is more, more Yusuf Nurkic confidence corner three point shots. Please. And they go in the Please. toilet bowl every single time that they miss because it goes watch the ball every time he takes a, a, a corner three. You'll see it misses just like this. It goes, whoop, it like rolls on the rim upwards. It's so weird. And I know it's not making it every single time. It's just like the less that I see of Eric Gordon, the less that I see of him, and the more that I see of Josh Kogi and I don't know, who else are their premier role players? I mean, is Grayson Utah Allen. really playing? Grayson Allen has been playing a lot of minutes. Is Utah playing? Utah had some minutes last night. He was in there. It's like, you know, Bull's not playing. Last Bradley. night... They fell. When did they win? Say they were playing the Grizzlies last night. They should have won. Jesus. Yeah, they did win 116 to 109. I don't know where I lost my place here. Jaron Jackson had 37 points. Bain had 27. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Suns. Kevin Durant, 
Kevin Durant, I should say. Kevin Durant right now is playing really nice. Um, he is. He's shooting like 50, 50, 90, at least was like in the middle of this week. It may have dipped now, but that's just insane to be shooting 50, 50, 90. Let me get that clear there. Devin 51, 49.4. Yeah. He was, he was at 50, 50 though, a couple of days ago. So it's dipped slightly, but uh, Devin Booker was back on the floor last night. Looked incredible. Grabbed him 34 points. Like you said, um, they're going to play great against the Lakers, but the Lakers actually seem to be finding a bit of a groove themselves. They look nice. And last night. I don't know. They've already, they've already handled the Suns once this year in a matchup. So in LeBron's mind, he's already got the edge. If he didn't already just think that anyway about Kevin Durant, which who knows, who knows what LeBron's thoughts on Kevin Durant really are. Uh, we know they're cordial though. And, and we've friendly. done nothing but eat crow uh, on this guy. On Kevin Durant? Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. We absolutely have to eat crow. I'm ready for this matchup. I'm ready to see Braun and him go at it. Um, things are a little chippy with the Suns and the Lakers as it is because of, uh, you know, the last couple of years. And Booker just loves to talk shit. Um, so he'll probably be getting a little bit chippy with like AD or D-Lo yep. or someone like that. Yep. Um, now he'll pick on Reeves and that'll sure. piss off AD. Yeah. <laughs> That'll piss off everyone. I'll piss off LeBron too. I'm ready for it, dude. It's going to be fun. While oh my God. I still think the Pacer Celtics is going to be the best matchup. I think this is probably going to be one of the most entertaining games. Yeah. Just this is the one the league the is actually line. like kind of like banking on, you know, like, Oh yeah. And they even perfect. had a setup of weird fucking complicated system of wild cards just to get the Suns in there too. I feel like they came up with this thing on the fucking fly. Probably not. They probably had it established before, but let's go ahead and talk that the wild card system. Did you see how this really works in the order of which the tiebreaker played out on? No. Okay. Get ready for this dude. So during the group play stage, there was obviously the six groups and they were battling to see who's going to win. Um, and then the two wild card teams get in there. So the top team from each of the groups obviously gets through. Um, so that would have been your Lakers, Kings, Bucks, Pacers. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the like wild cards, how they sneak in there and the Celtics. Yeah. Celtics too. But anyway, how the wild card sneaks in there. Um, is essentially if two or more teams in a group that have the same record, the tie among the teams are broken based on the following tiebreaker, and it's in this order. Head-to-head record in the group play stage, point differential, which came into play on the last night of the tournament this week because it was the Knicks had to win by a certain amount of points to get in there, and they did, and it was the same with the Suns as well. People uh, so that Tuesday night. Yeah, people are pissed about that. Uh, total points scored in the group play stage, regular season record from the 2022-23 NBA regular season. And last but not least, all else fails, a random drawing in the unlikely scenario that two or more teams are still tied following all of those tiebreakers. So quite the complex <laughs> like tiebreaker wildcard system there. This is just um, what you get from guys sitting around desks over the summer trying to figure out rules for something. And trying to copy like European yes. soccer yes. tournaments. Yeah, literally. Conference calls with FIFA. And they have got some heat for it. I guess some of the, uh, the, the teams have been pissed because they were just running up the score. Like, because uh, mm-hmm. they had to for the point differential thing. And uh, who was it? Billy Donovan tried to have like a peace peace treaty with Joe Mazzula because the Celtics kept running up the score because uh, they wanted to like because they were they were battling with the Magic for in point differential. Um, so yeah, weird weird stuff, man. Yeah, that just makes you uncomfortable that you have to have that kind of conversation with another coach about. Yeah toning down, literally toning down your team to not score. Yeah. That's just a weird conversation for the league. Because they were incentivized to run up the score. Because all it does is inspire people online to argue about, well, the integrity of the game is bland and teams should just be trying to score and score as many points as possible. 
Like, I don't know. Fiscally, things just always don't work out like that. You think Greg Popovich believes in that? No. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> he's getting on the mic and telling his fans not to boo Kawhi Leonard. You know, he's all breathe. about the integrity. It's all about the integrity of the game. I love Pop, but I was uh, just like, come on, dude. You don't need to. Why are we softening things for Kawhi now? Did you and Kawhi go to dinner like one night? That's how the out. wild card works, though. Uh, I, I wanted to at least talk about that because I know that I wasn't completely aware of that. It's just kind of kind of different. Um, but that's how they broke that down. So quarterfinals on the way for the in-season tournament, the first ever NBA in-season tournament. Adam, from your perspective right now, with what we said, we'd be looking at we'd be looking at what Lakers versus Kings in the semifinal. Mm-hmm. I what like, do you think grabs that win. Lakers Kings. I don't know. I feel like the Kings are probably gonna probably gonna beat the Lakers. So if that's who advances, you think Kings because one off game where you can just play out of control. You have one big chance, especially because the Kings are probably not LeBron's strong suit. Yeah, I know exactly. LeBron's LeBron takes the game one pillow. Yep. So I mean, like, maybe LeBron will treat it like that then this year, because if they get like a three-six matchup, if the Lakers end up the six and the Kings are the three seed, LeBron is, however, the greatest player of play in history. So he is actually good at this one-off shit. Yeah, when you great. think about it, so he might be just fine. He might. He might be It'll just be fine. He's game. the greatest player of NBA play in history, dude. He, How about this? On a real note, the X factors are Vando and Reddish to win this game. I would say it's more D'Lo Reeves than Vando Reddish. I think Reddish is secretly important to this team because he's one playing big under Frank Vogel, and mm-hmm. he is playing like an interception under Darvin Ham. Yeah, Darvin Ham. Fuck, <laughs> Freudian slip from Frank. Frankie yeah. E. But I think Darwin just really got under his ear this year about you can play and kind of show off your talents here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've always mm-hmm. just been a Cam Reddish stan. Always. So like, it's hard not to believe in the guy, especially when you see what his skill sets as a defensive wing can be. Because he can strip and run in transition. And I think that if Vando is there to play just that level of defense as well, that's going to like kind of counteract what you're getting out of D'Lo and Reeves because then they don't have to have fantastic games if you're getting mm. that defensive effort against guards on switches. And, that's, and then you have Anthony Davis in the post. And you have another big body, Christian Wood, who I have personal sentiments about, but still like in Jackson Hayes, who's seen no time. Non-existent. But if you have big bodies around AD, then you're making something happen. And even you got Rui on there for that too. Mm-hmm. If he's going to be back. Yeah, not that he's a big body, but you know who's been playing well for the Lakers is Max Christie. Yes. 6'6", six, six, though. Yeah. He's, a, he's, he's kind of a big shooting guard. And Torian yeah. Prince. I yeah. don't know. Maybe the Lakers will win this one. We'll see. So if we're looking over in the East, you were thinking Celtics Bucks? Yeah, I think so. <sighs> because I think Porzingis will be back, right? Yeah. I don't know what he's Probably. been out with. Um, I think Celtics win that. Honestly. Again, it's Drew Holiday versus Halliburton now. And yeah. Bruce Brown is kind of your X factor. What do you think the NBA wants more? Bucks versus Celtics or Knicks versus Celtics? Bucks, Celtics. Yeah. For sure. Because that's just a baited playoff matchup every year. Whenever they meet up, it's always just insane. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll go ahead and wrap it there. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, we'll go ahead and move on from there. Um, Adam, we wanted to talk role players today. We wanted to kind of take a look at the league here and see who we felt were the top five role players right now in the NBA. Shed some light on the guys who are getting the job done, doing doing the little things, sometimes this doing the big fun, things dude. as well. Because now you get um, to show off your standum a little bit. You get to show off yes. your standum a little bit. 
Yeah, you get to talk about the guys that maybe don't always get the get the deserved spotlight that they that they have earned. So why don't we go ahead and start it from the top to the bottom or from the bottom to the top there? Uh number five, Adam Elder. Who's the fifth best role player in the league right now? He has not played. Here's the condition. He has not played yet this year. Actually, I How don't can he think. be the best role player this year then, buddy? Make that make sense. <laughs> l- let me just double check that. Maybe he has played a couple games. Maybe. I don't think so. But he still deserves to be in the top five of role players. Yes, he has not played yet this year. He is a backup point guard for the Detroit Pistons. Oh. His name is Monty Morris. His, oh my goodness. If this guy just had a chance on a contender to be the backup point guard, he would be Rajon Rondo level flawless because of his passing ability and his minor scoring ability. I have always been on the Monte Morris like showboat. At this point, it's not even a bandwagon. It's a showboat. Like That's how much I would want Monte on the Lakers, on the Heat, for sure. He mm-hmm. would be an excellent fit on the Heat. Mm-hmm. He would be an absolutely fantastic... Like If they had Monte, they wouldn't even think twice about letting Gabe Vincent walk. So, right. actually, just throw that out there. This is totally off topic, but what are the, you could get Bogdanovich and Morris from the Pistons for what kind of draft equity? I think that's a gettable trade for them. I was thinking the fucking swap Gabe Vincent for Monte Morris on the Lakers. Yeah, true. Just get Vincent back to the heat. Uh, but I mean, it's just, I don't... Monte has had some sort of lower leg injury this year, so that's why he hasn't played. And also the Pistons are just absolutely recklessly bad. You, do you remember mm, Joe Harris bad. plays for them too? Yeah was reminded yesterday on the way home on the low post that Joe Harris plays for the Detroit Pistons. And I was like, they're on like a 16 game losing streak or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's very bad for them. So Monte has no presence in that. Who knows if he'll play this year? I mean, I'm sure if he's Mm -hmm. healthy, they'll throw him out there because Monty Williams probably will want to see something out of him as a leader. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, he's just he should be a backup point guard on a contending team. That's fair. Like if you put him on the if you could trade Russell Westbrook for Monty Morris on the Clippers, right. I think that would be a great move for them. I think that would be an absolutely mm-hmm. flawless move for them. And I think because, there's a lot of places he fits. I mean, again, Miami, he would be a very good fit instead of Malik Beasley. I feel well. I don't, Milwaukee. I don't know. Yeah, Milwaukee. Slot him in behind Dame rather than sacrificing Beasley. Mm-hmm. But still, like, instead of campaign, how about that? Instead of campaign, he would be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just one of those guys I feel like is a plug and play because every team needs a, just a table setting minded point guard. Right. A guy with vision. The Nuggets. Smart player. <laughs> Get back to the Nuggets, yes. please. <laughs> Hey, well, he used to be there, right? That's where I, yes, yes, that's where yeah. I fell into. Because him and Jokic, him and Jokic had a special mm. connection because they're both Slot smart him into Reggie Jackson. Yes. No, don't even yeah. keep Reggie because he's on something. Just give up one of the young guys. Give up like Peyton Watson and Zeke Naji. <laughs> oh, for yeah, Bogdanovich. like Calvin Booth. Like Calvin Booth is giving up Peyton Watson, dude. After he defended them to death against KOC this summer. Um, I know that grinds your gears enough to hear Not that my words. Number, number five for me, it's got to be said. It's not that his stat line is ever really crazy, except he usually does shoot the three pretty good. But right now, he's just playing the Udonis role in Houston. It's Uncle Jeff, bud. Uncle, Uncle Jeff. Jeff. Yep. Jeff Green has been one of the most solid role players his entire career. Had a high ceiling when he first came into the league, but unfortunately experienced a pretty rough injury that that set him back there. Um, 
to the point that people didn't even think he would ever really we had a heart return. Defect. Yeah, yeah. To the point that they didn't think he would really return there. Um, but obviously established himself and had a phenomenal career. I guess you could say maybe I'm giving a little hype to the past too here on this one, but he actually has played this season and has actually been like important to this locker room in Houston and kind of getting Udoka. these guys to grow up. Yeah, exactly. He's definitely I mean, Udoka's connection into that locker room. Exactly. Exactly. That's his way to connect there. Um, he's just, he's just a class act, man. He gets the job done. He's a, he's a, he's a veteran. He knows how to, he knows how to work. He knows how to maintain a job in this league. And now he's bald and it's awesome. <laughs> I, I was going to say that. I was like, Jeff Green's bald. Bald Jeff is fun, dude. I love it. He's still out there working, man. Shouts out. I do Uncle like Jeff. it. I do like it this year. The old man roll. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like a better version of DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. It's like Udonis if he actually played. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Alex Caruso. Oh, shit. I just gave away number four for myself. <laughs> number four. Yeah, good. I'll go ahead and throw it to you. you I actually have one of his teammates as my number four. So we can bring them up together. Tory Craig. I think Tory Craig is number four. Number four? Yeah, because I think that he's... He's always the guy that you see that gets treated like the 10th, 11th man on a team that's trying Mm -hmm. to figure something out because he doesn't... He's not an elite defender. He's not an elite shooter. He's not an elite ball handler. He's not an elite like decision maker. But mm-hmm. he's just he's just above average at those things and can get into a rhythm. And he's just a player that can be maximized. Like I'm still surprised that the Suns didn't try to retain him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this guy played well for you. Was your starting four in some spots? Well, you just think about some of like the younger role players that they have. And it's like, wouldn't you prefer to have a veteran in that position when you're trying to contend? Yes. A guy who has at least been around some more winning basketball. I mean, he's been on some decent teams. He was on those Houston runs, right? No. With Harden? No. He was never on those teams. He was always... He's floated. Like, he's been on the the Nuggets. Like, he was on the Nuggets in the bubble. Mm -hmm. He was one of their players. And then, like, he was on the Pacers for a little bit. He was, I think, he just floated around and then went to the Suns and was, like, kind of counted on. You were playing Dallas? No. He would be a great fit yeah. there, though. Mm-hmm. But if you look at his stat line, 5-4-1, and one, like, it's just not even impressive to look at. But he's just a good role player, in my mind, at mm-hmm. least. He passes the eye test for me as a role player wing. Right. And he's one of those guys too, that's just been able to maintain a job. I mean, there's a reason he keeps getting a job. He played for Milwaukee for 18 games, went to Phoenix, Indiana, Phoenix, and then Chicago. mm -hmm. And that's the thing. You look at guys like, okay, so Austin Rivers in perspective, while he is a guard, but here's a guy who's can't find a job now. You know what I mean? He can't find a job, but Tory Craig still out there getting paid. Jeff Green still out getting their paid. There's these guys who just, no matter what, they always know how to maintain a job. Maybe it's their agency. Maybe it's them personally. Maybe it does come down to talent. I don't know. I feel like Tory's in clutch. <laughs> you think? Yeah. What and, I mean, Levine's in clutch then too. So I don't know. It's just interesting to always look at that. How they, there's always these guys because uh, he's been around for a long time too, hasn't he? How long has Craig played? At least seven years, I think. Six, seven years. But it's it's true though. Like a guy like him is going to stick around because he's not trying to do anything more than be a role player. Like he's a mm-hmm. light connector. He's young. He's a lot younger than I thought. He's 32. Came in the league in 2017. Wow. He's 32 years old. He's not exactly young. 
He just came in. I mean, that's not late. that. Yeah, he just came in a league late. Okay. All right. Tori Craig, number four. Uh, number four for me, Alex Caruso. I think this is a fair pick. Alex Caruso does it on both ends of the floor. Um, he plays hard. He's always, you know, slotted well like, alongside like a big wing. That's why he fits oh, yeah. so well with LeBron. Um, per like a hundred processions, he has like the highest like PER of all time of any player that's played with LeBron, which is always just an ignorant stat to think about. <laughs> like what? Like Alex Cruz is just effortless around LeBron. Hint, hint. Um, he had a huge, huge game winner there like a week ago. Uh, did you see Has that? Multiple clutch threes this season. Yeah, like I a mean, weird amount. He's out here working. Out here working, trying to trying to get himself to a team that actually means something, right? <laughs> That's literally what Alex Caruso is doing. But he he is just the textbook definition of a role player, man. Defends, shoot threes, runs hard in transition. Passes. I mean, what more can you ask? Passes the ball. There's there's not much more you can ask from a guy who's your, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth man. So Alex fucking Caruso. Definitely fourth best role player. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely there to co-sign that because he's just more of an ideal fit to 28 teams in the NBA, essentially. Like the Warriors yeah. would absolutely love to have Alex Caruso. Miami, Lakers, Miami. <laughs> Milwaukee, Clippers, Clippers, Nuggets. Now they want Terrence Mann, actually. I think Terrence Mann's better than Alex Caruso. Dude, I would take Terrence Mann over anyone, man. <laughs> they almost lost Harden because of Terrence Mann. They got what they wanted in the end. We see what that I was know. worth. They retained Terrence Mann to go to lose 10 straight, basically. Uh, all right. Let's keep it rolling here. Number three, Adam. Brought up earlier in this podcast, one Josh Hart for the New York Knicks. Okay. He is the ideal role player. I get rebounds that break teams. Literally. Are you kidding? Crush me? teams. Literally. <laughs> like the fact that he is a 6'6 power forward, Charles Barkley, like in terms of rebounding. Like this mm-hmm. guy just has insane second bounce ability. I think it's Jay Billis calls it rejump ability, but like he just, he is that player. Like he shoots decent enough from three. He is an excellent top tier defender and Mm -hmm. he is a guy that can run in transition. That really is what you want. This is comical. I know. Like it's just, it's surprising that he does. He doesn't start, but he is their like sixth, seventh guy that comes off the bench and is just mindless. Him and DiVincenzo both have that. Josh Hart is also just... I think the the common theme about this role player list is that each player on here can be fit onto 27 teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like There is a spot for them on ev- almost every team in the NBA because of what they do. And I think Josh mm-hmm. Hart is easily in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um. His fit with Brunson is just perfect. <laughs> like, and I think I think he's going to be there for quite a while in yeah. New York. I think he likes playing for them. I think they like having him. He's a Tibbs to be guy. Like, yeah, he's a Thibodeau guy for sure. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely earned his keep and earned his money as well. I mean, he's on a pretty decent contract, right? That extension oh, yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, very friendly. Josh Hart. All right, I'll go ahead and throw out my number three here. Derek White. Yep. Okay. Derek that makes White. sense in retrospect. <laughs> Derek White has just been phenomenal for Boston ever since he got there. We we're talking about rebounds that break people. This guy has gotten some pretty important rebounds putbacks. in his day with Boston and putbacks. Um, just second, second point or second chance opportunities. Uh, also bald, much better. <laughs> also bald, much better with the haircut. I will say that much better with the haircut. He's just he's been perfect, man. Like 
that move hasn't gone underrated by any means, but you can't stress it enough about how perfect of a fit he's been. Um, he hustles hard. He's he's part of one of the best defensive backcourts in the whole entire the, league. The the best defensive backcourt in the whole entire league. Um, and he gets it done on offense too with the with the three ball. Um, pretty good at the catch and shoot, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and yeah, it's had huge moments with this group. I mean, huge moments. You see what pop. You see what pop saw in this dude for sure. Exactly. Like, you know. You know that. You know, Pop really, really liked this guy. And I would say probably had a good positive effect on him too in his early start of the career there to to project him to where he is now. I bet he would probably owe... Uh, I bet he would probably give a lot of credit to Pop. I'm not sure that I've ever... He's having a Danny Green-like role-player yeah. resurgence where Danny Green kind of figured out because obviously he was a big presence on the Spurs. But then when he went mm-hmm. to the Raptors and then to the Lakers, you were like, oh my God, this guy is actually like a premier role-player. It was decent mm-hmm. with his last like good season with the Sixers too. Before like he got hurt and Before he got landed on. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna bring it up, but that's just my mental image. I'm just like, oh my god, fucking <laughs> crushed by Joel Embiid. <laughs> Literally crushed. Poor Danny Green, dude. But I'm just by like a gigantic human being. <laughs> so rough, but I just think that's Derek White. I think that he is kind of a reborn presence like that in the NBA where now mm-hmm. and plus he's like you could almost argue that he's just as good of a three-point shooter as Danny Green ever was too like right he's getting there and he's better yeah. on defense almost and is mm-hmm. definitely a better playmaker because he's a pure point guard I would say he's more diverse yeah oh yeah, yeah. much more diverse like he's able yeah. to make floaters and stuff and he's just such a well-rounded player and it's just dumb how unfair Holiday and Derek White is like it's stupidly yeah. unfair. It's a dangerous duo, man. It is a fucking dangerous duo. That's like break the league type shit. It's just like but they just I, actually the, the don't Celtics have the energy finally, to break the league. <laughs> I know. It's like the Celtics actually made all the trades during the Danny Ainge era that they threatened to do. Oh, Brad Stevens tore it up. Brad Stevens tore it up, dude. Now he just has to win. Now is now these players just have to win. Brad Stevens has done the work. Brad Stevens put an absolute fucking work as far as I'm concerned. That front office has done phenomenally since uh, post Danny Ainge. And now it's time for these guys to fucking pull the trigger. It is time for Jason Tatum to pull the trigger. It just is. He has not lived up to the MVP ex- expectations so far. Nope. But they're just so good as a team. It doesn't fucking matter. I know. They're just so good as a team. It doesn't even matter. But I agree. That's the reason. He just hasn't had to have that energy yet. Right. And I just think that's also what's going to limit him in that conversation period. Yeah. Like, he's just... Because he has ridiculous tandems around him. And also Jalen Brown. Right. They might win the fucking championship this year. They have to this year, dude. They have to. This is their year. There's so many teams that are all in right now. That's why even the beginning of the season has been scrappy because teams are all in. And you have teams like the Clippers that are already panicking. Let's go ahead and keep it rolling on role players here. Adam, who do you got at number two? Number two. Backup combo guard for the Philadelphia 76ers. One DeAnthony Melton is the number two role player in the NBA. Wow. I did not expect that. I just, I'm thoroughly impressed with what this guy does on a defensive level, on a moderate scoring level, on a ball handling mm-hmm. level. I think that he plays well behind Maxi. I like, Loved it the other night when Patrick Beverly was going off because him and Melton, I knew it was going to be a decent connection between them as a guard combo. I'm just like, I've always liked with this guy. I think he's pretty much played his way into a Malik Monk type of bag. Shooting 40 from three right now. Yes. And playing great defense. Yeah. He's not having the flash and bang games, but like he just has great backup guard potential. He's your six seven guy, and that's worth money. Mm-hmm. He's been in the league for a handful of years too, hasn't he? Probably four or five, I think. He's still a yeah. younger guy. 
He started in Memphis. Yes. Yes. I traded from Memphis to Philadelphia. Yeah, so he was part of the squad that was like dude. killing it when Jaw was out. And Memphis was going like 21 and three. D'Anthony Melton looks like a grown man. He's younger than us. I know, dude. <laughs> He's 25 <laughs> years old, Adam. <laughs> this man is 25 years old. Looks like he's 32. Uh, I know. Maybe that's part of it, dude. Maybe that's why he's wise beyond his years. No, I just think that's why these guys are professional athletes and we're not because they're yeah, completely because different they're... things than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Actual level 18 human humans. Yeah. So that's basically that. Anthony Melton slides in at number two for Adam. That's a nice pick. I like it. Um, number two, Adam. It's it's got to go. Contavious Caldwell Pope. Number two. Wow. I put him at number two, and you'll understand after I say my number one. But KCP is absolute butter from three from corner three. Is absolute butter on the fifteen foot jumper. He is absolute butter on anything that Jokic creates him, pretty much. He basically becomes their third, second best player if Jamal's not there. Yep. Um, which is just incredible because he's just another one of those guys that they have that can do that. Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, KCP. Um, have you seen his hair lately? KCP yes, rocking a let new the braids go. I like the braids. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this guy is just literally so good. Two chips now. Uh, he's, he, he, he was crucial to the Lakers in the bubble. Um, literally LeBron's best friend on that team. <laughs> but made it personal against the Lakers last year. Made it personal against the Lakers last year and helps and helps them helps the Nuggets win their first uh big one there. Um, so yeah, incredible, incredible guy, incredible player. Shouts out KCP easily. I mean, he could go number one too. Do you have him number one? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he's the number one role player in the NBA. And you watch it on a nightly basis. And I think third, second best player is like the perfect way to describe him. Yeah. He's your third, second best player. Yeah. Because you just watch this guy take dribble handoffs from Jokic these days from 15 feet. He just uses that as a launching pad. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where's this athleticism? Just he's allowed to explode to the rim around Jokic. And Spring then he wants boards, to shoot. Dude. Yes. I'm just like, where is this? Like, he was so much more like refined on the Lakers as a catch and shoot defensive guy. And now I'm like, he's like having this. He's got a bag. Actual, yeah, he's got a bag. Like he's a two guard now. He's a swing man yeah. now. Yeah, he has a legit bag. So he could easily go number one. But I think with my number one, you could slot them in and out for each other. And it's Bruce Brown. It's Bruce Brown. Yeah. Like, see, you know what? I thought about that and I didn't want to classify him because I was like, he got the bag to, and is a starter. So now I'm like, I feel like I know, I know, but I'm just like, you know, he look. He still has the stats of a role player. That's yeah. why, like, yeah, maybe he has like star level or all star level feel or energy around him. He doesn't have the stats to do that. Yeah. He still has role player stats. Bruce Brown right now, 12, four and two, 48 from the field, 36 from three, 82 from the line, 56 effective. Like if he was putting up 18 to 22 a game with this Pacers team, maybe that's not who he is. He's still a role player, but he is starting and, but he's just a great fit on this team. He's been, uh, He's been great along, alongside Tyrese. Um, felt like that was such a natural move only, for them. Yeah, it was a perfect move. Um, he's probably one of their only like decent defenders yeah. on the whole team, uh, which kind of makes me feel bad for him. It's like, get this guy some help on defense because he is your identity on defense. But uh, yeah, I think him and KCP are fairly interchangeable there. He's coming off a championship himself with the Nuggets. True, so um, true. It's this true. guy was crucial to that run, dude. Crucial to that run, just as much as KCP was. So, if Doesn't not it more, just, it feels so good being validated that all the hype we had for the two acquisitions of Bruce Brown and KCP for the Nuggets 
It was just like they just added two super guards around. Jokic. I mean, it also validated Aaron Gordon move too because yes. they find Jamal back and this team wins the championship. Like, buddy, I think they could have done it without the KCP Bruce Brown additions. I think they had it with the Aaron Gordon move. I really do. Maybe. I think that I don't know. That's I just the ultimate did. sprinkle. That's your butter and salt on top of the steak. Talk KCP. about a great talk about a great third second player, Aaron Gordon. <laughs> like yeah. he could be on this list. Honestly. Quite yeah. quite frankly. I mean, if I had to get real, I think he'd probably knock off what, Jeff Green. I don't know. It's just he has that star energy. Where he's kind he of a feels moderate star. Yeah. And he can he has the ability to kind of take over a game. But don't you feel like he most certainly has slotted into more of a role with this yes. team than he ever was in Orlando? Because yes. in Orlando, that was like he was kind of a guy, like one of the guys. Like they were trying to make him be almost like a like a focal point. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But they were a mess, so it almost didn't matter. But then yeah. now we have him ultimately refined. So yeah, I think it's he would just be a super super duper role player. I think there's probably tiers to that. So you have role player. I don't know because KCP is a fucking super duper role player. There's tiers yes. within the tiers. And so is Bruce Brown. And yeah, there's exactly. levels. There's levels. Too. levels. <laughs> you got any honorable mentions? Trey Murphy. I think Trey's there. I don't know. Maybe not. I think maybe that is more young guys like him and Jalen Williams, J Dub mm-hmm. on the Thunder. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, bro. Jaime Hawkins. Jaime Hawkins Jr. <laughs> looking nice. Jaime Hawkins secretly <laughs> might be on this list right now. So that I was actually debating that pre pod because I was watching the highlights last night from their game against Miami and like. Him and Jimmy tried to put something together in the fourth to make a run at that, but they just they just couldn't. It was too much of a deficit. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the Pacers ended up pulling away. But Honey Hawkins is nice, dude. He it's just it's honestly just annoying at how these guys He's just like pull people combined. out of the scrap. I know. <laughs> and they they turn them into NBA players. It He's doesn't like make sense. Literally for them, a combined version of. Light, Struess, and Kevin Love put together. Yeah. Like what they want from Kevin Love, what they want from Struess put together. Kevin Love is still giving them like a crucial three to, last night. He had two threes in that game. I was just like, like Kevin fucking Love out here. This man. They're still, I don't know. We can never just count the heat out. We never can. Nope. They're never out of it. All right. Adam, talk about a crucial moment. Talk about a crucial moment, man. We are back. We are back with Hoop Form Ultimate Trivia. It is time for the first matchup of the season. We're ready to rumble. We had a brief, brief break over the offseason in the first 20, 20 games here, but we're back. We're ready to lock it in. Um, it's going to be a long long battle this year Adam and I'm ready to take the I'm ready to take the throne so without further ado let's go ahead and kick it off for the first trivia battle of this season talking Steph Curry bud and I'm going to give an opportunity here to rack up multiple points but you could also fall into a deficit quite quick so is going to be looking at Steph Curry and the teams that he has hit his most career threes against. Oh, man. We're going to look at the top six teams. Okay? For every team that you get right, you're going to get a point. For every two teams you get wrong, so for every two wrong guesses you throw out, I get a point. So you have the advantage in scoring. Every two you get wrong, <laughs> you get a point. I get a point. Everyone you get right, you get a point. So it's harder for me to get a point than it is for you to get a point. You got six guesses. Adam Elder, 
And you don't have to get them in order. There's no order here. You just have to guess what the top six teams are. We can talk about order after the fact if you get any of these right. So who has Steph Curry hit his most career threes against teams? So this is like a cumulative thing, right? His whole career. So okay. these are the teams that through his whole career, he has hit the most threes against. So we're in the hundreds of threes yes. on these teams. Okay. Like the teams that he's hit the most against. So I have to get six? Tied at 194. Yes, it's the top six. You have six guesses here. So you just have to guess what teams it would be. You get a point for each one. But say you guess two teams wrong, boom, that's a point for me. So. Okay. <laughs> okay, here we you go. You can get more points out of this. But it could also get ugly quick. <laughs> I think I have a decent list here. Kings, Suns, Trailblazers, Clippers, Rockets, and Knicks. Adam Elder, you just racked up four points and gave me one point. You got (laughs) Clippers, Sacramento, Phoenix, Portland. Nice. The only thing you missed was uh, you said Houston and who else? Houston and the Knicks. Yep, it wasn't the Knicks. Um, it's the Thunder that you missed. The Thunder are tied with the Clippers at 194. He's hit 194 against the Thunder Clippers. You almost sweat. You, that was good, dude. That was fucking good. That was solid. Uh, no, no, so the secret to it is that conference games. There you go. They're all in the conference, same conference as Steph. So if he's played more games against them, he's more That's likely. Them. Yeah. yeah. So like, how bad Phoenix and Sacramento have been. It's too easy. There's been some Bay Area like like uh, shootouts because of Stiff and the Kings. And the Thunder makes sense because of his battles with Russ and all them. Yes, guys. that's true. Yeah. Yes, that is true. I was thinking the and Rockets. The, Clippers the Rockets because. were on there, right? Uh, so they no, are they on were. the list, but they are eighth. Oh, uh, okay. So they were close. Yeah, so they're in the top 10. I was thinking Knicks because that's where Steph had his first like breakout game was. Was against the Knicks. Knicks are in on New York. They're like they're like 12th. Damn. The and are. he hit the yeah. record against the Knicks. Mm. So the reason I thought of this was last night when they were playing the or yesterday they were playing the Clippers. Someone mentioned that. They were like Steph has his most career threes of all time against Clippers. And I looked it up and I saw they was tied with the Thunder. So it's Thunder Clippers 194, Sacramento 179, Phoenix 174, Denver. Oh, that was the other one you miss. Miss Denver. Denver, damn. That makes sense. Yeah, so because you guessed Houston and the Knicks. So you missed Denver. Uh, Denver at 166, Portland at 162. That's your... And then Memphis, and then Minnesota. <laughs> that was good. That was pretty good. That yeah. was a good question. So you grabbed four points. Four points. One, two, three, four. Yeah, you grabbed four points. That's pretty solid. And I only got one out of that. So you got an early lead here to start the year. <laughs> four, one, right off the That's rim. a serious good sweep job, right Adam. there. That was a good that was a good run. I'm impressed. So all right. We're gonna wrap it there. As always, stay engaged with us across all social media at the Dip Network. Stay tapped into all the content that we're giving you weekly. We got the clips flying out on TikTok. So definitely pay attention to that. TikTok reels and YouTube shorts. We're on YouTube now, full length podcast on YouTube now. Audio always drops first. So audio listeners get it quicker. Um, but we're usually on YouTube by the next day. So if y'all prefer, prefer video, definitely check out our YouTube at the Hoop Forum. And without further ado, Adam Elder, one more take. I'm personally rooting for the Bucks to win the in-season tournament. Fair. I'm rooting for the Pacers. I want the yeah. underdog story. <laughs> I don't think it happens, but I want it. I want to see Pacers Lakers in the fucking final. That would be nice. Thing. There's some bad beef there, especially with the yeah. Nemhard game winner. History. There's a little bit of history there. Well, that and that's also like a team that can Paul run George. Ball. Yeah. The Paul George too. history there, too. So, Ron's like, I've already little road you. 
Yeah. Yeah, you will always be little bro. So there you go. We're out of here, though. Peace. Peace.